Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. An offering of peace, this word of wonder which we are reflecting upon tonight, I give to you. Peace in the Lord may be yours during this season. Peace which passes all human understanding may keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. These words of peace are ones that we're very familiar with in this place. But have we ever reflected upon the true nature of peace and what it means to be a people of peace, to be subjects of the Prince of Peace and the peace that is delivered through His coming, through His incarnation? In this season of Advent, we get the opportunity to reflect on that peace, and so I think it, it behooves us tonight in our readings to dig a little deeper into that topic of peace, which we so often speak, but which we so irregularly experience, especially this time of year. In 1938, September 30th, 1938, a man held up a piece of paper in his hands and boldly proclaimed peace in our time. We have finally found peace. I have here the signatures of the Chancellor of Germany. I have here the signature, the, the solemn agreement of Adolf Hitler himself that we have found a lasting and noble peace. The man who held that piece of paper aloft that day was Neville Chamberlain. The Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, a man who is now mocked for holding that piece of paper up, who is regarded often as rather naive for thinking that a man like Hitler could be trusted with his word or with his signature or in any form whatsoever. And so we often consider him foolish for his proclamation that he had found, he had Purchased, he had diplomatically won peace in our time. September 30th, 1938 was the Munich Agreement. Neville Chamberlain and Adolf Hitler wrote out a contract agreeing with the parceling of land in Czechoslovakia with the agreement that that would be the end of these political machinations, this kind of undue conquering without actually bringing any military into the matter whatsoever that Adolf Hitler had become so very good at. Peace in our time, he declared, this far and no further. He's agreed. His signature is here on the piece of paper. September 30th, 1938. Well, not even a year later, September 1st, 1939, Tanks roll across the border of Poland, and World War II is ignited. Adolf Hitler had no inclination towards honoring this written agreement. He had his own plans. Peace, certainly, in our time, was one of the greatest overstatements in human history. What do we do in those moments where we seek peace, but peace is nowhere to be found. Certainly we are still engaged in a world 
war. We are engaged with a war against the world. We have a battle to fight against the powers of this world and against the authorities and the princes of the air against Satan himself. We are engaged in this, in this warfare, and so we ask, where is peace to be found? <coughs> we might have those small moments of peace. We might hold up a, a metaphorical piece of paper after a, an achievement in our lives, or after finally getting all of our retirement put away, or finally getting on that insurance plan we always wanted to, or finally agreeing to a contract on this house that we always wanted, where we might hold up a piece of paper and say, peace in our time. When in reality what we're really saying is, peace for a time, for a little bit of time. Maybe we feel some peace of mind, some ease in these moments, but in reality what we find is those moments are fleeting. You turn on the evening news, you read the newspaper, you have conversations with friends and coworkers, you have difficult conversations with loved ones, family members, friends. It does not take very long for that inner peace to dissolve right in front of your very eyes. Peace. How do we have peace when no peace is to be found? Jeremiah, prophet Jeremiah, had some words to say about this. In the days, months, and years leading up to the exile, he had these words to say. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. There were those who were declaring in the kingdom at that time that everything was fine. People needn't worry themselves about matters of state. They needn't matter themselves about getting right with their God. They needn't matter about anything at all. Everything was wonderful. Peace, peace, comfort, comfort. And Jeremiah mocks them, much as historians mock Neville Chamberlain today and say, Peace, the enemy is at your gates. Peace? What foolishness. There is no peace to be found. Not in this world. And to think otherwise is foolish. Jeremiah, certainly a prophet of doom and gloom, had really pegged the situation at that point. Because within a generation, every single citizen of the nation of Israel was either a slave or a servant in a faraway land or they were dead. Every single one. He had them pegged. What do we do? What do we do in this world where peace is not found? We crack open our word of God to Isaiah chapter 11 and we read our Old Testament lesson. We acknowledge with boldness that true peace is not found in this world. We proclaim like Jeremiah that those who say you'll have all the peace you need in this life if you just buy this timeshare or if you just do this extra bit of financial investment or if you start doing yoga so that you can let some of those stresses and strains in your life go or if you take up massage or if you get another job because obviously your career path is not the one you were intended to be on or any number of things. There is no peace 
No lasting, eternal, and potent peace that can be found this side of our Lord coming again. And the sooner we acknowledge that, the better our life becomes because we realize then that we're not looking for a peace which is fully understood. We're looking for that peace which passes all human understanding. And we're praying that it would guard our hearts and our minds today so that we can have a, a version of peace in this time of ours. But it'll be a peace which will last forever and ever and ever. A peace which is given to us in, in a way that we can never comprehend. A way which the prophet Isaiah says in Chapter 11 is so incomprehensible to us, it seems like a, a, a fairy tale or a children's novel or something. Verse 6, the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. That makes my stomach clench because I have an infant at home. No cobra dens in our house, please. The young child will put his hand in the viper's nest. On all my holy mountain there will be neither harm and nor will they be destroyed. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. The peace which passes all understanding will no longer pass our understanding. It will be known. We'll see the lion eating the straw. We'll see the wolf lying with the lamb. We'll see the leopard and the goat walking down the street, best of friends. We'll see ethnic Jews and Arabs hugging each other. We'll see Americans and Chinese people sitting around and talking about old times. We'll have men and women finally understanding each other. Can you fathom the possibilities? That understanding which we lack, that peace which is so fleeting and ephemeral today will be lasting and knowable and eternal on that last day. That peace then gives us hope. We talked about hope last week. It's amazing how love and joy and peace and hope all kind of fit together very nicely. And the reason they do that is because they're all found in the Christ child. The one who was promised and came into the world. The one who took on flesh and bore our griefs and our sorrows. In Him we have peace and hope. In Him we love and find our eternal and everlasting joy. But you'll have to wait for next week for that. Now, feel that confidence which is found only when we consider what the end will look like for us. Our ultimate destiny is not to sit in front of the 5 o'clock news and recount the turmoil all around us. It's to be in perfect knowledge and in unity of purpose and in the peace which used to pass all understanding but now is fully known forever. 
Isaiah 57, 19, we very briefly got to it in our opening sentences today. It says, peace, peace to those far and near, says the Lord, for I will heal them. Certainly the Lord offers his peace today to each of us. He offers his healing and his provision for us today in this world that we see around us. We certainly receive the blessings of God and thereby understand a measure of his peace. But think of how truly different it will be when the lion eats the straw, the wolf and the lamb get along, and we finally experience that unknowable peace with a perfect knowledge and trust that God had planned for us all along. May that peace, which passes all human understanding today, guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.